Oh, my friends, my friends, it's that time of the week, the time you've anxiously been awaiting, the time for the culinarist and the cleverest, the most riveting and obviously the most entertaining, the tastiest and the most demystifying is cooking show, not only in Atlanta. Ever. Not only in the Southeast, not only in the great U.S. of A. It's the world, baby. Woo! Chef and a fat man of blue-collar chefs, this weekend our... Mobile Kitchens finds us at our home away from home, Le Cordon Green, right here in beautiful Doraville. We are at the Big Green Corporate Headquarters, the Big Green Egg Corporate Headquarters. And I'm telling you, we're at Le Cordon Green, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. It is a place that will captivate you. It is a place where you can come and sample food most of the time. They always seem to have something cooking out there. But they have everything egg. Yeah. If you think it. If it's made, it's here. Yep. You don't have to go online. You can get right here. And Jay, Golden, everybody here goes over backwards to help you out, answer your questions, teach you, and then see the – how about that patio you all have out there? You know – Is we, that not the bomb? I mean, 365 days a year. Yeah, we are cooking. Yeah, you could literally – it retracts We've down. We've got a big heater. Screens retract we, down all the way around. Yep. With massive heaters across fans. the top. So you can keep it at 72 degrees in the wintertime. If it's pouring rain and driving rain, they've got screens that drop down and block the rain. Yep. And in the... It didn't start out that way. <laughs> we started out with one little tent. Yes. But we grew fast. We really did. We are Chef of the Fat Man to Blue Collar Chefs, proudly brought to you by the Big Green Egg, the, the ultimate, ultimate cooking experience. experience. And by Real Sweet Onions by Schumann Produce, my friends. They are the leaders in Vidalia and Peruvian Sweet Onions. If it does not say Real Sweet on the back of the tag, it, it ain't. ain't. And as she does each and every week, she provides us with insight, culinary jewels. Hmm. She culinary answers jewels. questions. <laughs> she is the, what did you call her? The goddess of goodness. The goddess of goodness herself. We can be talking about none other than Chef Amanda Gidio. Why, thank you, Mr. Kevin. It is delightful to be here. Always fun, isn't it? Mm, I mean, this is this <laughs> is like, and, you know, we got to talk about something that's upcoming. In uh, by the end of the month, yep. just literally less than it's, three, two, three weeks away. Yeah, we are going to be road trip. We are going to be at Corbin, Kentucky. Yeah. For the famous Moonbow Egg Fest, the fifth annual Moonbow Egg Fest. And you're a Kentucky colonel. Yes, I am. And a Corbin colonel, the city council. Do you see? Look yes. at so, so we are go, we are star, baby. Oh, you are. <laughs> I'm just the guy that gets up there. But it's an egg festival. On Friday night, they do a meet and greet. And they actually let people who aren't cooking sit in. Yeah. They cater in delicious barbecue. Everybody sits around. And we're at the hotel. We sit around with copious amounts of adult beverage at the beautiful hotel. It's right there, five minutes from the from the fairgrounds. We have fine cigars. We have fine adult beverages. We sit out there to the pool to the wee hours in the you morning. And Friday butter. we get up get and we tour around Corbin. We actually go to have lunch yeah. at the first Colonel Sanders ever. Yay! And the museum is very cool. Oh wow! And then we uh, relax around poolside, then we go to the meet and greet, and then uh, Saturday morning, you get up and work your tail end off. Right on. Well, I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. Every chef that's gone up there has just been 
Like, wow, can I come back? Well, I'm almost at my one-year mark, and so this yes. is my first Moombo. I'm yes. very excited to be well, once coming. You, yeah. Yeah, and then if we want on Friday, we can go out to the falls. And at, when there's a full moon, it's one of the only places on the East Coast and in the world that when there's a full moon and no clouds, yeah. you actually have a rainbow they call moonbow that forms over the waterfall, so you can clearly and distinctly wow. take pictures of it. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh, for a person that's been around the world. Yeah. Now you can say you've been to Corbin. Yeah. And, the, and I, I'm going to send you a copy of the email that was sent to me by Mags. Hmm. Maggie, the tourism director. Yeah. She's so thrilled about having you there. They're well, so honored. We are excited to go on the road. Yes, it'll be a lot of fun. And you know what? The Egg Fest is such a huge thing because um, if you are a new egger or, or if you're thinking about getting a big green egg, you've got to know that we are a community that has a passion for what we do. And we have these Egg Fests all over the country. And it just is a place of... Um, it's, it, it's such good community, and the food is amazing. Everybody is very creative. Everybody knows each other. We welcome everybody in, and uh, it's a great it's a great way to spend your afternoon, no matter where you are. And of course, speaking of great egg festivals, two weeks later we'll be doing the Mac Daddy of all egg festivals. We will, but you know the, the tickets are gone. I know, they lasted what two Last, days? Yeah, two days. We sold, they sold out. out four thousand. Yeah, four thousand tickets for in our two days. annual Eggtoberfest. It, it, Eggtoberfest, yeah, they have over 300 cooks out there cooking. And if you were one of the lucky ones to get the tickets, you get this beautiful swag bag. And then you get to come out there and walk around the park at Stone Mountain in this uh, huge parking lot. And they've got 300 eggs. And you get to go and see all the different pe things people are cooking. And you get to sample and sample Oh, and yeah, sample. you eat yourself stupid. And yeah. then they have uh, European chefs that are coming. And I will be emceeing the European chef tent. And uh, they'll be doing cooking seminars and things. I'll have and a tent. Yes, and then Chef Amanda will have the all the egg tears, mm -hmm. and they will be over in uh, me and my a, pit crew. Yes, the we're pit right crew by the front door. We'll have tons of food. Answer questions. There's more food than you're ever going to see in your life, and they've got beer wagons. Well, if you're into beer, yeah, uh, beer wagons and everything else, and it's in beautiful Stone Mountain Park. And uh, it's it's incredible, and uh, that's going to happen the second weekend, I believe. It's yep, it's October thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Yep. So it is an egg fest, and unfortunately, <laughs> you can't get tickets. <laughs> you got to know somebody. Yeah. Do we know anybody? You know, they're so valuable. Even I don't know anybody. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. think I know somebody. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if I know them that well. But anyway, uh, you can't make it this year. Next year for yep. sure. But go up to Corbin. Yeah. Because Corbin, at the end of September, it's the 29th. Yeah. We'll be up there. And, and we're st I'll give you the name of the hotel. It'll be on the website, so you can go to the hotel. And if they have any rooms left, because we're taking up three. And we'll take lots of selfies. Oh. And we'll post them. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I not a, a social media. I have a selfie stick. I just got it. Oh, you got a selfie stick? I'm oh, so man. fancy. That, yeah. is the, that is the ultimate in decadence. Because, you know, well, here, I'm short, so my arms are short. So when I take a selfie, I get my nose because I'm so close to my face. So i got to get a That's stick. kind of embarrassing. I know, right? That's why i got to Well, you've got a stick. nice nose. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not what I'm going for. It wasn't the look I was going for. You're not going for the nose? Not, no, not that time, the nose. nose. Okay, well, I'm yeah. just wondering. I know Victor likes your nose. Yes, yes, he does. I think he likes all of you. <laughs> I think he does, Because that's why he married you, because yes. you're so charming mm -hmm. and attractive and personable. 
Oh my God! You and guys. Ladam, and Ladam Escoffier. I mean, Ladam. Is it? It's got to be Ladam. It's Ladam. Yeah, of course. Ladam Escoffier. Unless you're from Chicago or New York, that is. Yeah. Hey, it's Les Dames. Yeah. But anyway, my friend. We are so glad you're with us. Now, you know, of course, you always, I actually get people that ask me, they actually text me and say, well, what day is, what's going on on this day in culinary history? Well, I happen to have the answers. Today, September 9th, is National Steak and Fry Day. Ooh, I love that stuff. And here's one that'll really tantalize you. It's also National Schnitzel Day. Okay. You're not as thrilled about this Wiener schnitzel as you were about the steak of plum. Well, because I'm a big green egg girl and we love steak. Well, of course. So. Have you ever done Wiener schnitzel on an egg? I have not. You know, that'd be pretty cool, especially coming up into the cool months of October, like Oktoberfest yes. time frame. Yes. Do with, a Wiener schnitzel good, on an yep, egg. Good German beer. Oh, yep. yeah. We ought to do some. That'd be fun. Do some. Uh, make October kind of the month of Oktoberfest recipes. That on sounds the great. Egg. Would yeah. that be fun? It will be. And then what we could do is could we do could have... beer cheese and pretzels again? Yes. Yeah. You, you know, that dip? Yeah. You could yeah. make that. And then you could have Liz tell us the good beers to drink with the sausages and everything. She could do like a beer pairing That's for right. the... I mean, this could be an incredible we've, October. We've got a new girl named Liz who works with us, and she is very experienced in beer and wine. She yeah, grew up I in Belgium. I could tell she staggered in just yep, a minute ago. She, and she, uh, she's choosing all of our fantastic beer for everything that we do, and she pairs it with the food. So we're really lucky to have her. But that would be fun, though. Yep. A whole month, you know, uh, two or three shows at least oh, yeah. of German beer fest recipes on the egg. Love it. Paired with the right beers. Yep. Sounds I mean, good. I'm full of it. You are. When, it comes, to <laughs> when it comes to information and helpful yeah. things. Anyway, on this day in 1754, William Bly was born. Does that name ring a bell? Bly? Nope. Ah, that's right. He became captain, captain of the Bly. English ship Bounty. Uh-huh. And while returning from Tahiti to bring back breadfruit trees, uh-huh. it was the most famous mutiny in history. Mm. Walk the plank. The mutiny of the Bounty. Yes. Captain Bly, he was a mean guy. Yeah. You know, he obviously didn't have an egg. He probably cooked on something else. <laughs> Bitter man. That's what happens. Also got a little Harlan Sanders trivia coming up for yeah. you. Some of the response from my Costco Sam's Club. Okay. Yeah, the CEO contacted me from Costco. Yeah. He it, wasn't impressed. No, he didn't give you something to make it up, make it better? No. Huh. Yeah, he gave me something, right? <laughs> anyway, when we come back, Chef Amanda's got a couple of incredible recipes for you. We hope you enjoyed the recipes from last week. We posted them for you. Um they were wonderful. And, and we, we celebrated and, Kevin's and, birthday. And, and yes, we did. And of course, last week you also um, included a chimichurri recipe that we're going to have on this week. That's right. So that they can have chimichurri with their tri tip. That's right. I mean, we were having know, so much fun, we forgot to talk no, about the I, chimichurri. I was for you here. Yeah. It's all about food, fun, and <laughs> celebrating good life. Chef and a Fat Man live when we come back. We'll start cooking it up Woo. right here from La Cordon Green. Welcome back, my friends. Chef the Fat Man live from the Cordon Green. And I'm telling you, we're celebrating National Steak of Poivre, whatever day, and National Wiener Schnitzel Day. We're having a ton of fun here at Le Cordon Green. And Chef Amanda, we've yes. already talked about the incredible Mumbo Egg Festival. It's coming up at the end of September. I don't know if there are hotel rooms available, but it is such a beautiful place up there. And the weather is just yeah, the fall. Yeah, great time of the it's year. It's in Kentucky. 
It's straight up 75 south. It's the easiest ride you're ever going to take. You get on 75 and head straight north, south, straight north, four hours outside of Marietta, and you're in Corbin, Kentucky. I love that it's it, close. Oh, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. And it's a pretty drive, too. It is. It is. But anyway, now for the meat of the show. The meat and the potatoes. Yep. Well, the actually, recipes today. And yeah. you're starting out with something everybody loves. Yeah. Today we drink shrimp. shrimp and potatoes. Yep. Yeah. Shrimp and taters. Yeah. So what we're doing today is we're going to smoke shrimp. Um, and, you know, this is something that's new to me because low and slow with something as small as shrimp um, was a, an interesting concept that I heard about. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this a shot and try it. And so we made a, a che- like a Chesapeake kind of seasoning to go with this. It's a little bit like Old Bay. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. And it's got some surprising ingredients in it. Um, it's got kosher salt, of course, which we yes. is absolutely necessary. But it's got celery seed and garlic powder, black pepper. But then it's got ginger, dry mustard, brown sugar, nutmeg, nutmeg, cayenne, and allspice. So wow. it's, it's a really interesting, yeah, yeah, and you want to you want to get it with the shrimp with the um, with the not the skin on, what do you call it? The shell. The shell. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> At a moment, yes. senior moment. Yes. Yeah. Well, Shrimps you have get it with, shells. Yeah. Fish have skin. Thank Just you. Like yes. So yeah, that's so you want to get it with the shell on so that you can smoke it, and uh, we're going to smoke it for like fifteen or twenty minutes at two hundred degrees. Yummo. Yes, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the great things about shrimp, it's so versatile. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things you can do. And everybody loves it. What's that? I said most people love shrimp. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. Now, if I had my preference, uh, I like Gulf shrimp, fresh Gulf shrimp out of the Mexico Beach area. And I also like Georgia natural, uh, Georgia coast. Yeah. Fresh shrimp, mm-hmm. those are really good. Because I'm telling you, anytime you get the cheaper stuff from Taiwan, you have no idea what's in the water over there. I mean, I was reading about the St. Peter's fish. Yeah. Oh, my God. But those waters that those fish were living, breathing, and eating in were so nasty that it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was beyond nasty. And they say that's very traditional for those kind of places because they don't have the same. So they sell it to you a lot cheaper. But the beautiful, the beautiful shrimp that comes from the Gulf U.S. side. Remember, U.S. shrimp are the bomb. Eat U.S. Eat U.S. Hey, you know, stand in front of the White House. Eat U.S. Eat U.S. And people are going to look at me and say, well, you might as well eat us. You've eaten everything else, fat boy. Yeah, well. Yeah. But anyway, so these, yeah, so the shrimp, now you're doing, now let's talk about one of the biggest mistakes people make, whether they fry, whether they grill. Now, if you're going for a crust, I get it. But most of the time, you're not. And what happens when you over, over, spice your like your shrimp especially that could be really nasty you know it can it can really kind of ruin it for you you know you get too much of too much of that because one of the things that is really important about doing any kind of seasoning marinade anything like that with food and whether it's seafood shrimp or whether it's steaks or whatever um, you really want to taste the food first you know you want to have that seasoning should complement the food not the other way around 
And so it's really important to, to go light. Heavy's not always better. Um, I mean, if you're going to do a crust on a steak, then, yeah, you want to go a little bit heavier. Or a but, dry brine. Yeah, or dry brine, exactly. But I think that oftentimes, um, you know, people get a little excited and go overboard. and uh, They think more is better. Yeah. It's yep. not. Yep. You so, know, but and so what you want to do is you want to take the shrimp, you want to wash them, mm-hmm. clean them, shell on. Yeah, so, yeah, so you want to rinse them off, and they've got the shell on. And I actually uh, melted a little bit of butter and olive oil together, and then I tossed the shrimp in that. But you've got to let the butter and olive oil cool because if you're, because I had to melt the butter in the olive oil. And if you obviously, if you do it and toss it hot, you'll cook the shrimp. So I waited till it was cool, tossed it, and uh, and then I just kind of lightly breaded in the flour and the, the flour and the spice. Sorry, I'm having a moment here. Wow. Um, and then on the egg for low and slow. For about 15, 20 minutes. And that's the beauty of the egg. One of the utilities is you can get the, you can get the temperature down so low. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. you know, on a conventional grill, because I've had to work on a conventional gas grill, uh-huh. the lowest temperature you can get on that thing is 400 degrees, maybe 300 degrees. I, so have, I, so have, I have cold smoked cheese at 80 degrees on the egg. Yes. Cold smoking. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I, um, I finished a salmon side for the first time. I'm getting ready to cold smoke a salmon side. And the key to smoking, cold smoking a salmon is the brine. You must brine it first. If you do not, you are opening yourself up because when you put it in a cold smoker, you've got to keep the temperature under 80 degrees. And if you get it, the average temperature is going to be between 60 and 80 in a cold smoker. Well, guess what that does? That's the perfect temperature for making things grow, like parasites and Everything. Look at. I say parasites, and zone. my wife and Steve get all excited. Ooh, parasites! You see that under a microscope? Oh. But anyway, they um, the, it can cause real problems. Yeah. And it can cause parasites, all kinds of things. So what you do is you brine it, and what it is, brining is basically you can wet brine, dry brine. I choose dry brine. Take one part kosher salt, one half part. White sugar, one half part not so much. brown sugar. And I add some pepper, just a little pepper to get a little, you know. And I make 10 times more than I need. And I lay that salmon, so I like skin on because when you slice it thin, it's easier for me. Now, when you work with that salmon, that salmon is going to be so mushy and so pliable and so soft. You cover it with that, you lay a piece of tin foil down. Then two or three sheets of saran wrap, then the salmon, and then you pour. I had about a half an inch thick of that brine, that dry brine, all across. Then I wrapped the plastic pieces around it and then tightened it with aluminum foil, stuck it on a sheet pan in the refrigerator for 12 to 15 hours. 12 hours you can get by with the thin. The thicker it is, it can go up to 24 hours. 12 hours, took it out. And guess what happened? You rinsed it off, mm. and it was, and it went from mushy to firm. It absolutely took so much of the moisture out of it that it was it cooked, it killed any of the things inside of it. And you have what's called gravlocks right there. That's all they do. It's gravlocks. Now you and tell them what you do next before you smoke it. You you were very knowledgeable about that. After you've washed it. Washed all this brine off, 
yep. and patted it dry, you want to get a what? You want, oh, I can't even pronounce it, it's Pella. I think Pelotine. I, yeah. Right. So what you're trying to do, you want to put it in the refrigerator without anything on it, like so that it can get air for about 24 hours before you start to, to smoke it. And what it. it does is it puts like a, a very slight crust and shine to it when it gets to that stage. And you can go as low as three or four hours up to 12 to 24. Yeah. Uncovered. We do it the night before. I mean, you know. So and what it does is that, that pelotine actually absorbs the smoke better. Yeah. So when you're cold smoking. Then you throw it on the cold smoker for four to eight hours. And my cold smoker, it's done with sawdust. Mm -hmm. And when you light one end of it, it takes about four hours to go all the way through. Right. So after two or three burnings, you let it, then you let it cool. <sighs> Man, make good your stuff. tongue slap your forehead. It tastes so good. <laughs> so anyway, that's our little brining technique. But uh, you were talking about cold smoking. Cold smoking cheese yeah. is amazing. The secret there is you cut it up into smaller pieces, and you got to use a cheese that's not real You know, cheddar's good. Yes. Um, I would also Swiss. say, yeah, and, and um, what's the other one? Gouda. We, we do Gouda. Gouda's it, always good. Gouda's always good. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, when you cold smoke, you're not using the big green egg as a heating device. Right. You are now using the big green egg as a in flavor enhancer. So you only want to put like a handful of charcoal in there, and you want to do it indirect. And then I do it the old school way. I don't have a cold smoker like you were just talking about. I literally do a couple of handfuls of charcoal. Really? I try to get some really good shavings, um, yes. wood shavings, from like if I can find a, a good place to get some of those, and uh, put that on top. And then I light it just to the point where it's smoking, and I close the dome. And then when I get to about... A little over 100 degrees, I put the convector in because the convector is going to absorb a lot, so I, it'll, I don't want it to go down to zero. But when I get to about 80 degrees with the convector on, I put the grate on, and then I get one of those pans like you cook a turkey in at the grocery ice. store and uh, fill it full of ice and top it with some kosher salt. And then I put like a cookie sheet um, on top of it, not the cookie sheet, but the rack, the cooling rack on top of it, and then I put the cheese on that. I'll give you a clue. Being the fat man, a chef of the fat man, my whole job is to make life easier and, ex you know, really do as little as possible to get the best results. <laughs> because I don't want to be skinny and slender like some people. Oh. I, I enjoy the girth of success. Hmm. Well, and it's when we the mayonnaise. Back, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about a cold smoking way of doing it, Chef Amanda style, which is intense, a lot of labor, a lot of love. A lot of work. Don't worry, baby. Fat Man's <laughs> going to take care of you. When we come back, Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green, we're taking it to the streets of Dorable, Georgia, baby, right inside the perimeter. Welcome back, my friends. Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green, and I'm telling you, we're celebrating National Steak of Poiv. Poiv. Whatever day. And National Wiener Schnitzel Day. We're having a ton of fun here at La Cordon Green. And Chef Amanda, we've yes. already talked about the incredible Mumbo Egg Festival. It's coming up at the end of September. I don't know if there are hotel rooms available, but it is such a beautiful place up there. And the weather is just yeah, the fall. Great time of the it's year. in Kentucky. It's straight up 75 south. It's the easiest ride you're ever going to take. You get on 75 and head straight north. south. Straight north, four hours outside of Marietta, and you're in Corbin, Kentucky. I love that it's, it's close. Oh, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. And it's a pretty drive, too. It is. It is. But anyway, now for the meat 
of the show. The meat and the potatoes. Yep. Well, the actually, recipe today. And yeah. you're starting out with something everybody loves. Yeah. Today we're doing shrimp and potatoes. Yep. Yeah. Shrimp and taters. Yep. So what we're doing today is we're going to smoke shrimp. Um, and, you know, this is something that's new to me because low and slow with something as small as shrimp um, was a, an interesting concept that I heard about. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this a shot and try it. And so we made a, a che- like a Chesapeake kind of seasoning to go with this. It's a little bit like Old Bay. It's got all kinds of stuff in it. And it's got some surprising ingredients in it. Um, it's got kosher salt, of course, which we yes. is absolutely necessary. But it's got celery seed and garlic powder, black pepper, but then it's got ginger, dry mustard, brown sugar, nutmeg, nutmeg, cayenne, and allspice. So wow. it's, it's a really interesting... Yeah. Yeah, and you want to you wanna get it... With the shrimp, with the, um, with the, not the skin on, what do you call it? A shell. The shell, thank you. Yes. <laughs> At a moment, yes. senior moment. Yes. Yeah. Well, Shrimps you have get it with, shells, yeah. fish have skin. Thank Just you. Like yes. So, yeah, that's so you want to get it with the shell on so that you can smoke it. And uh, we're going to smoke it for like 15 or 20 minutes at 200 degrees. Yummo. Yes, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the great things about shrimp, it's so versatile. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things you can do. And everybody loves it. What's that? I said most people love shrimp. Oh, yeah. And it's great. Now, if I had my preference, uh, I like Gulf shrimp, fresh Gulf shrimp out of the Mexico Beach area. And I also like Georgia natural, uh, Georgia coast. Yeah. Fresh shrimp. Mm -hmm. Those are really good. Because I'm telling you, anytime you get the cheaper stuff, from Taiwan, and you have no idea what's in the water over there. I mean, I was reading about the St. Peter's fish. Yeah. Oh my God. What those waters that those fish were living, breathing, and eating in were so nasty that it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was beyond nasty. And they say that's very traditional for those kind of places because they don't have the same, so they sell it to you a lot cheaper. But the beautiful, the beautiful shrimp that comes from the Gulf U.S. side. Remember, U.S. shrimp are the bomb. Eat U.S. Eat U.S. Hey, you know, stand in front of the White House. Eat U.S. Eat U.S. And people are going to look at me and say, well, you might as well eat us. You've eaten everything else, fat boy. Yeah, well. Yeah. But anyway, so these... Yeah. So the shrimp, now you're doing, now let's talk about one of the biggest mistakes people make, whether they fry, whether they grill. Now, if you're going for a crust, I get it. But most of the time, you're not. And what happens when you over, over spice your, like your shrimp especially, that can be really nasty. You know, it can. It can really kind of ruin it for you. You know, you get too much of too much of that because one of the things that is really important about doing any kind of seasoning marinade anything like that with food and whether it's seafood shrimp or whether it's steaks or whatever um you really want to taste the food first you know you want to have that seasoning should complement the food not the other way around and so it's really important to to go light Heavy's not always better um, I mean, if you're going to do a crust on a steak, then, yeah, you want to go a little bit heavier. Or a but, dry brine. Yeah, or dry brine, exactly. But I think that oftentimes, um, you know, people get a little excited and go overboard. and uh, They think more is better. Yeah. It's yep. not. Yep. You so, know, but 
And so what you want to do is you want to take the shrimp, you want to wash them, clean them, shell on. Yeah, so yeah, so you want to rinse them off, and they've got the shell on. And I actually uh, melted a little bit of butter and olive oil together, and then I tossed the shrimp in that. But you've got to let the butter and olive oil cool because if you're because I had to melt the butter in the olive oil, and if you obviously if you do it and toss it hot, you'll cook the shrimp. So I waited till it was cool, tossed it, and uh, and then I just kind of lightly breaded in the flour and the, the flour and the spice. Sorry, I'm having a moment here. Wow. Um, and then on the egg for low and slow for about 15, 20 minutes. And that's the beauty of the egg. One of the utilities is you can get the, you can get the temperature down so low. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. you know, on a conventional grill, because I've had to work on a conventional gas grill, uh-huh. the lowest temperature you can get on that thing is 400 degrees, maybe 300 degrees. I, so have, you're I, so have, I have cold smoked cheese at 80 degrees on the egg. Yes, cold smoking. I'm glad you brought that Yeah. I, um, I finished a salmon side for the first time, I'm getting ready to cold smoke a salmon side. And the key to smoking, cold smoking a salmon is the brine. You must brine it first. If you do not, you are opening yourself up because when you put it in a cold smoker, you've got to keep the temperature under 80 degrees. And if you get it, the average temperature is going to be between 60 and 80 in a cold smoker. Well, guess what that does? That's the perfect temperature for making things grow like parasites and everything. Look, at, I say parasites, and zone. my wife and Steve get all excited. Ooh, parasites. You see that under a microscope? Ooh. But anyway, they, um, they, it can cause real problems. Yeah. And it can cause parasites, all kinds of things. So what you do is you brine it. And what it is, brining is basically you can wet brine, dry brine. I choose dry brine. Take one part kosher salt, one half part white sugar, one half part Not so much. brown sugar, and I add some pepper, just a little pepper to get a little, you know, and I make 10 times more than I need, and I lay that salmon, so I like skin on because when you slice it thin, it's easier for me. Now, when you work with that salmon, that salmon is going to be so mushy and so pliable and so soft. You cover it with that, you lay a piece of tin foil down, then two or three sheets of saran wrap, then the salmon, and then you pour. I had about a half an inch thick of that brine, that dry brine, all across. Then I wrapped the plastic pieces around it, and then tightened it with aluminum foil, stuck it on a sheet pan in the refrigerator for 12 to 15 hours. 12 hours you can get by with a thin the thicker it is, it can go up to 24 hours. 12 hours, took it out, and guess what happened? You rinsed it off, mm. and it was, and it went from mushy to firm. It absolutely took so much of the moisture out of it that it was, it cooked, it killed any of the things inside of it. And you have what's called Gravlox right there. That's all they do. It's Gravlox. Now... You, and tell them what you do next before you smoke it. You you were very knowledgeable about that. After you've washed it, washed all this brine off, yep. and patted it dry, you want to get a what? You want, oh, I can't even pronounce it, it's Pella. I think Pelletine. I, yeah. What. So what you're trying to do, you want to put it in the refrigerator without anything on it, like so that it can get air for about 24 hours before you start to, to smoke it. And what it. it does is it puts like a, a very slight crust and shine to it. 
when it gets to that stage. And you can go as low as three or four hours up to 12 to 24. Yeah. Uncom- we do it the night before. I mean, you know. So and what it does is that, that pelletine actually absorbs the smoke better. Yeah. So when you're cold smoking. Then you throw it on the cold smoker for four to eight hours. And my cold smoker, it's done with sawdust. Mm-hmm. And when you light one end of it, it takes about four hours to go all the way through. Right. So after two or three burnings, you let it, then you let it cool. <sighs> Man, make good your stuff. tongue slap your forehead. It tastes so good. <laughs> so anyway, that's our little brining technique. But uh, you were talking about cold smoking. Cold smoking cheese yeah. is amazing. The secret there is you cut it up into smaller pieces, and you got to use a cheese that's not real soft. You know, cheddar's good. Yes. Um, I would also Swiss. say, yeah, and, and um, what's it, Gouda. We, we do Gouda. Gouda's it, always good. Gouda's always good, yeah, that's right. And, you know, when you cold smoke, you're not using the big green egg as a heating device. Right. You are now using the big green egg as a flavor enhancer. So you only want to put like a handful of charcoal in there, and you want to do it indirect. And then I do it the old school way. I don't have a cold smoker like you were just talking about. I literally do a couple of handfuls of charcoal. Really? I try to get some really good shavings, um, yes. wood shavings, from like if I can find a, a good place to get some of those, and uh, put that on top. And then I light it just to the point where it's smoking, and I close the dome. And then when I get to about... A little over 100 degrees, I put the convector in because the convector is going to absorb a lot, so I, it'll, I don't want it to go down to zero. But when I get to about 80 degrees with the convector on, I put the grate on, and then I get one of those pans like you cook a turkey in at the grocery ice. store and uh, fill it full of ice and top it with some kosher salt. And then I put like a cookie sheet um, on top of it. Not the cookie sheet, but the rack, the cooling rack on top of it, and then I put the cheese on that. I'll give you a clue. Being the fat man of Chef of the Fat Man, my whole job is to make life easier and, you know, really do as little as possible to get the best results. (laughs) Because I don't want to be skinny and slender like some people. I I enjoy the girth of success. Hmm. Well, it's the mayonnaise. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about a cold smoking way of doing it, Chef Amanda style, which is intense, a lot of labor, a lot of love. A lot of work. Don't worry, baby. Fat Man's <laughs> going to take care of you. When we come back, Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green. We're taking it to the streets of Doraville, Georgia, baby, right inside the perimeter. Talking about Captain Bly, and the engineer was yelling at me, are you going to start now? I don't know if there's, uh, you know, the whole Bly thing. No, I'm not. That's oh. Hey, this is a this is a, a kid-friendly zone now, thanks to Chef Amanda. That's right. Because she had to talk to some of the people about their language. And I fortunately, I wasn't involved in the conversation. But anyway, <laughs> welcome back, my friend, Chef and a Fat. Oh, that's right. We're on. Chef and a Fat Man live from La Cordon Green. Chef Amanda uh, is cutting up some great food. She's just passed out some great food. And you know, Chef Amanda, you're so right about over-seasoning things. And when I go to people's homes and they always say, well, here, let try this barbecue. What do you think? And they put 10 pounds of rub on there and they rub everything. And then they put the same rub in everything else that's eating there. And they say, see how everything Mm -hmm. kind of matches up? No, everything tastes the same. But you smile and say thank you because, after all, I ain't doing the work. So, you know. But when it's done right, light is right. 
that's the way to remember when you season the uh, the the seafood, especially seafood, because it's so the tastes are so subtle anyway. But I mean, already in this show, man, we haven't even we're just halfway through the show, and you've already given them an incredible incredible recipe for shrimp mm -hmm. and a rub recipe mm -hmm. for the shrimp, and we gave them a recipe on brining salmon for smoked salmon and how to how to uh, smoke cheese, cold smoked cheese. It, it's a great show. You know what I did also? You could take raw pecans, or not raw, uh, raw um, cashews, put them in a heavy saline solution and boil them for about 20 minutes, then put them in a food dehydrator and dry them for a couple of days so they're real dry. And then I have uh, a rub that I make, and I toss, I toss the pecans or the cashews in that, then I stick them in a cold smoker for about eight hours. So you get a smoked, a rubbed cashew that is through the roof. In fact, that's so good I may share that recipe in an upcoming show for you because it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. But that cold smoking, it's so wonderful. Now, I told you when he came back, I was going to tell you about a cold smoker. You can go online and find a cold smoker. Now, I have one that's about, about six inches by six inches. And it's about two inches deep, and it's perforated um, mesh stainless steel. And it's got strips running through it to make it look like a maze. And you get, now I prefer the sawdust to the uh, pellets. And they give you sawdust, and you can buy it by the pound, and you can get anything, cherry sawdust, and it's all natural wood sawdust. And what you do is you pour it in, and you fill this whole mesh oh, that's good. container you take a leveling device, level off, take off your excess, then light one end until you get a good ember. Done. You shut the lid, and it starts smoking. And it takes about four, three to four hours for that ember to go from one end through the maze to the other end. And then you just refill it and light it again. It keeps the temperature down because it's only got one little ember in that whole egg. So you never have to worry. The problem with... The cold smoking is if the temperature gets too high, it melts what you're smoking. The cheese will melt, everything else. But if you keep it under 80 degrees, and then you don't have to worry about it because that little ember is not going to get it up to 80 degrees. And it just smokes and smokes and smokes. When the smoke goes out, you refill it and go. That's how I do it. Much easier, much cleaner. All you do is set it in the bottom of the egg, clean your egg out, set it down on the bottom, light and go. Easy peasy. And, easy peasy. And, and you know what? The thing costs like, with a couple of pounds of sawdust, costs you about uh, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. 40 bucks, that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's stainless steel. It's indestructible. Yes. Yep, it's awesome. And man, and the idea too is, I've seen people put blocks of cheese in there, which is a good yeah. way to do it. Yeah. But you know what? It only smokes the surface. So if you cut up the blocks. Yeah. You also want to wrap it in butcher paper when you're done and stick it in the fridge for about a week or two if yes. you've got the time. Yeah, well, yes. you're going to want to try a bite the minute it comes off. But after that, you're going to want to wrap it. You know it. what? I, I, got a food, <coughs> I got a food saver. Oh, okay. Vacuum seal that? Oh, my God. Really? Oh, huh. vacuum seal. Oh. I'm telling you what. To give you an idea on, on my food saver, uh -huh. when I get a bag of chips, you know, like a big bag of chips? Uh-huh. I literally have done this. I've opened the bag, munched on it. I'm down at camp, so I don't, you know. Yeah. I put it in the food saver and in the bag, and it seals it. 
mm-hmm. because those bags are meant to heat seal. Right. So it sucks the air out, seals it. I went back four weeks later, and the chips were just as fresh when I opened it up wow. as they were the first day I opened That's the bag. That's really cool. I'm we just you. got a food saver, and we've been having so much fun with it. Oh, it's awesome. Because here's why, guys. I was telling you I have a log-smoked bacon right. that I really like, but it comes in a case that's quite large, and I don't really need to the whole case the whole time. Right. So now I can, you know, d- divide it up by the pound and, you know. That's what I do. I get the big yeah. 90-10 Angus burgers yep. from Sam's. Ooh, yeah. And I put four in a gallon bag, seal it, date it, throw it in the freezer. It goes in like sheets. So whenever I need, if I'm going to make spaghetti, I pull it out, uh-huh. thaw up a couple, perfect size for Karen and I, and you can pull it out, and I do the same thing. I put a whole bunch of stuff in the food saver. I'll take bags of lettuce that are already mixed. Yeah. yeah. I'll put it. I'll wash it, put it in the food saver. That lettuce will be good a week later. That's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. the food saver is an incredible yeah. thing. Anyway, okay. um, I'm glad you have a food saver now. I do. You're moving I, on up. I, I, you know, it takes me a, a while to catch on to these things, but when I do, I get pretty excited. Um, now, we were talking about the shrimp. Now, yep. what is it? Now, of course, the size of the shrimp is incredible. Yep. What do you recommend? Okay, so for myself, I do 1620. And what that means, folks, is that they're done by number. So if you get a 1620 shrimp, it means there's between 16 and 20 to a pound. Okay? So those are what most people would call jumbo shrimp. Um, today, what I got for you was medium shrimp. These are 22, 24, um, because that is what most people are going to grab for themselves at the grocery store. Um, but then, of course, the numbers get higher. You know, and then you get this little baby shrimp that... Yeah, popcorn I mean, shrimp. Yeah, the little tiny ones. Um, and I don't even know their number because I don't go that high. I like them big. I think it's 70, 80. Yeah. It's like tiny. huge. Yeah. But they're but, good, like, if you're going to put them on pizza and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, the, but the, the size is good and, you know, the flavor is good. The smoke, the, the low smoke, delicious. Well, low smoke. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea behind barbecue mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Add some pecan chips in there. Now, of course... People are going, what's wrong with the you know, fat man? Is he having a problem? No, I'm eating. <laughs> so I mean, wh- I do what I do so well. So while you're eating, I want to I, I tell a hobo story. Okay. So um, my dad is a traveler. He's been traveling as long as he's been alive almost. And, I mean, back in the day when he was younger, I used to call him Indiana Jones because he went down the, um, um, the Amazon River in, Did a, he really? in a canoe. Yeah. I mean, he, like, travels, and, and he goes deep into the bush, and he does all kinds of crazy stuff. And now he's older, but he still travels, and he travels a lot around the U.S. And um, let me just say that my dad lives a good life. He did well for himself. Um, he's, he's, he's not hurting. And uh, the funny thing about this is that he's suddenly become obsessed with hobos. And there is a hobo convention in Iowa every year. And my dad goes to the hobo convention. Really? I, I swear to you. He goes. He loves it. And I said, now, Dad, wait a minute. I'm like, are, like you're not a hobo. He said, oh, yes, I am. And I said, well, how, how is that? He was like, well, I park my Mercedes around the side of the yeah. building. And yeah. <laughs> I jump on the no. train. <laughs> I think we got a different idea what a hobo is. But the cool thing is that so my, my dad is from um, Michigan. And so his name, his hobo name, is Danny Detroit. And they've all got names, and they turned this entire town in Iowa 
into this hobo convention. And you go, and it's not in a place. It's the actual town that is this convention. And so they have what they call the hobo jungle, and that's where they all camp and hang out. And they're, they're you know, they're changing notes and, and ideas, and some of them are coming in, you know, on their RVs. And it's crazy. But it's a hobo. I think I'd rather get on a cruise down to Mexico. Well, yeah, but, you know. Especially now when they give you the free open bar. Well, there's that. Still, though, I wanted to go this year because, you know, my dad is getting older and he's not going to be with me forever. And I really need to understand what this whole hobo thing is about. Like, well, why is he Are obsessed with hobos? Are you on a quest now to become a hoboette? I, you know, I could be. I wonder what my name would be. I have to have Goddess of Goodies? No, i got to get a hobo name. That's what I'm talking about, Goddess of Goodies. Mm, That's okay. not, that, is that too sophisticated, a hobo name? Maybe. Goddess. I don't know many hobos that are goddesses. Not hobos. Not hobos. Hoboettes. Hobo. <laughs> That's true. I, I, is that what you call female hobo, hoboette? I don't know. You know, all these questions and many more are going to come up, and I don't have the answers. I'll have, I have another little hobo thing that I found out through my dad is that when the hobos used to travel back in the 1930s and 40s, you know, they were going, they were traveling, and the other hobos would leave, a, like, a, like tying a ribbon around a tree or, or leaving some kind of mark on a tree to let the person know, the next hobo, whether it was a friendly home or not. So, like, if it was a certain color, then the hobo knew that they could go up and maybe work for food or they could have a place to stay. And then if it was a different mark on a tree, that's like, stay, stay away from that house. And that's kind of how they communicated and around the country. And You know way too much. In fact, I think parents it's cool. come up with a name word, hobo hibachi. Aw. Hobo what? Hibachi. Hobo hibachi. That's me. Hobo hibachi. My first name is Heather. Hobo Heather. I can't even say that. Heather Hibachi? Heather, Heather Hibachi. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we come back, after we've had this scintillating conversation about hobos, I mean, you learn everything on Chef and the Fat Man. You do. You are going to do plank Parmesan potatoes. I am. And these are going to be incredible. They are. All about food, all about fun, all about hobos. And, and Sam's Club. Shrimp. <laughs> and shrimp. <laughs> and salmon. <laughs> <laughs> High on hobo meals, I'm thinking. Step <laughs> the Fat Man, when we come back, taking it to the streets. Woo. Atlanta, baby. Welcome back, my friends. The time flies when you're having fun. And by golly, we've had more fun. If the government found out how much fun we had today, they'd tax it. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And, of course, we're into our final segment. And I'll tell you what. Brother Bill, who is the, I guess, volunteer He's my pit master, yeah. Yes, I mean, he is a true pit master. And He's got keys to the building. And, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty good. And, and he has, uh, and he's very Irish, big Notre Dame fan. I mean, we get along so well. And uh, he did an Irish toast. We, he brought some Celtic honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And as smooth as can possibly be, gave a beautiful Irish toast for the, for the birthday. We all toasted. had a very nice time. So out of homage, you decided to do a potato recipe. I did. Go figure. Yep. Now, this is a bit different than your mama's potatoes. That's correct. So I'm actually planking these potatoes, which is something that's a little bit different. Um, The recipe calls for russet baking potatoes. But what you got to do is you've got to boil the potatoes first to get them halfway done. 
halfway done. Yep. So you're boiling for what, about 10 oh, minutes? Oh, it depends on how many you've got. I mean, yeah. we did about seven or eight, and it was about, yeah, about 10, 12 minutes just to get, maybe 15 to get, because we had so many. Um, can you guys hear me? And, uh, and then I let them cool because I wanted to cut them, and if you cut them when they're hot, they'll fall apart. So what I did was then I just, while you were talking, I cut them up like hash browns, like big, thick hash browns. Now, while I was boiling them, um, I took some cedar planks, and you want to soak your plank, and I do it for about 30 minutes. I don't do it more than 30 minutes, because I have found that if you do, like one time I thought I was going to be a rock star, and I soaked it for like three hours. And it was, the smoke was so heavy that we couldn't taste the, the, anything that we were eating. It was just smoke, a mouthful of smoke. So I have found that 30 minutes to an hour is perfect for planking. And what you want to do is you can, you know, you can be adventurous when you plank. Um, you can add other flavors. So when I do seafood, I, like when I do salmon, I'll put white wine and water together and soak the planks in that. Today, if I do pork, I do alderwood with apple juice and water. And then today, for the potatoes, we, we're trying something different. I haven't done this before. so we'll Irish see. whiskey? Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. No, we, we're doing a Belgian beer. So we did beer and water and let the planks soak in that. And uh, I'm what hoping What do the Belgians know about beer? Sorry? What do the Belgians know about beer? Oh, wow. Did I get a look? You wow. got the look. Man, she can Miss turn Liz ugly grew quick. up in Belgium. Yes. 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 Um, so anyway, so the deal with the planking is you want to take your plank out of the water, put it on the grill, direct heat, because the plank is what makes it indirect. Indirect heat means you have a barrier between the fire and the food, okay? So when you have your convector in and you're doing low and slow barbecue, you have that barrier. When you're planking, the plank becomes the barrier. Gotcha. So we're planking at about 400 degrees. But you want to take the plank out of the liquid, put it on the egg for about three minutes, and then flip it over, and then put your food on the dry side, the side that you just dried. Okay. Otherwise, there'll be you'll have wet food on, on planks, on wet planks. Um, you know what? I'm going to give them back to you because I'm going to bring it out to you. But this, Bill just brought the planks in. So they've been grilled on one side. You can see they've got the marks here. Right. And, uh, and that way, you know, again, you don't want soggy food. And this goes for whatever you're planking. Okay? So um, we're making some Parmesan potatoes. I love Parmesan. And I cut up some parsley. And I got some garlic here. And I'm mixing this up together. Um, I've got some oregano, which looks wonderful. In dried oregano, and then lots and lots of Parmesan cheese. Gotta love Parmesan cheese. There we go. Wow. Yeah, a lot. Can you? And I you'll know. get these recipes on chefandafatman.com. That's correct. You sure can. Um, all right. Mix this all together. A little salt and pepper, also known as the Dalmatian rub. We can put that together. Some people say Dalmatian. Some people say Dalmatian. <laughs> okay. Let's see. What else am I doing here? All right. I need a little bit of olive oil to go so that it'll stick to the potatoes. A little binder. Yep. Mix it up again. Can you guys hear? Working hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. No, you know you're cooking. Yep. And I'm actually going to put a little bit more. Oh, well, look oil. at you. 
Well, I usually buy extra virgin. And, um, and here's why. Do you know the difference between your virgin and extra virgin on the olive oil? Uh, yeah, it's the press. It is the press. So for those of you that are listening, um, think of it this way. If you were to take a T-shirt and put it into, I don't know, pink paint, and you wring it out, that okay. liquid that you wring out is going to be bright pink. But if you did it like again and again, it would be less pink because you're using it over and over again. Your first one, your first dip is going to be the strongest. Right. And so when they press the olive oil, that first time they press it is when you're going to get that dark green good flavor. And you're going to get the flavored olive oil. And that's, you want to use that sparingly. Yeah. Because it's very strong. Yeah, definitely. And uh, anyway, so these potatoes are looking really good. I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to mix them with my hands and maybe add a little more. How do you like your potatoes, Kevin? Pardon me? How do you like your potatoes? Uh, anyway, with, Do you I'm do Irish. with mayonnaise? I know, but do you do with mayonnaise or anything? Oh, yeah. I do, yeah. A, I do a very good mustard potato salad with mayonnaise. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. Yes. Right. I take uh, sweet relish, mayonnaise, Vidalia onions by Real Sweet, and I know mm -hmm. they're Vidalia onions from Real Sweet. Because it says so on the back of the tag. And if it didn't, it ain't. It ain't. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then a uh, little, uh, little uh, Himalayan pink salt. Yep. And pepper. Yep. And that's it. I take a little juice from the uh, sweet relish or dill relish sometimes mm -hmm. when I feel really edgy. Mm. And I, and what's interesting, I don't. I I pressure cook my potatoes. Uh huh. It takes seven minutes in a pressure cooker to get the potatoes perfect every single. Now, when you are time. you talking about like an instapot? Yeah. Love that. Oh, man. Yeah. I use it all the time. Bill. Well, anyway, so now you've got this mix. You toss the potatoes. you got everything good. You put them on the plank. Pass them to Bill. He's going outside with them. I'm going to put them on the plank for about 20 minutes. And now you want to level it out so it's not... So, yeah. So, we're putting three planks together. And we're making... So, it looks like a cutting board on the egg. Okay? So, you're laying them out flat because um, one plank is not enough. And then we're dumping the potatoes... On the plank. And, you know, you can get, like, a try to do a, a layer. But if it's kind of a mound, that's not bad either. Um, it depends on how many people you're feeding. Um, but as they cook, it's just going to get some good smoky flavor. The Parmesan and the olive oil and everything. I mean, the parsley, it's all going to come to life. And it's going to be a great product. And what are you looking for finish time? It's guesstimation. I, but I'm looking at, like, 20 minutes. And you're looking for a slight golden crust? You try, yeah. I want to get, I want it to definitely get some crust. And, you know, we're cooking at 400 degrees, so we're roasting. Yeah. So we're roasting these potatoes with the so plant. get a little color to them. Mm-hmm. A little bronze. A little golden brown. Yes. It'll serve a little sour cream. Oh, man. And what did you say? It's Steak au Poivre Day? That, that yeah, National Steak au Poivre Day. Yeah. It's also National Wiener Schnitzel Day. Yeah. We didn't do Wiener Schnitzel Not Day. yet. I mean, there's so many things you've done today. Mm -hmm. Again, an amazing show. Mm -hmm. So many people to thank. First and foremost, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center, the volunteers, Bill, Marshall, Marshall and your new right-hand person or left-hand, depending on, you know, I don't want to discriminate. Liz, this is our first time we've met her. She is a dynamo. She's a lot of fun. Liz She's got a Burrell great has joined our team. Yes. Team Egg continues to grow bigger, better, better than ever. And, of course, a special thanks to our engineer, she who must be obeyed. We love sitting, you, Karen. Yes. Uh, Karen Jenkins on the board again today. 
And uh, she was so excited. Why don't you listen to it? I just knocked over a thing. I mean, never mind. I'm your fat but jovial host, Kevin Jenkins, reminding you as we do each and every week to remember our troops and our first responders as we take a moment out of the jocularity and good times to remember those who are keeping our country the greatest in the world and let there be no mistake about that. And the price of freedom, after all, is never free. As we cool down the mobile burners of Chef and a Fat Man, we give a special shout-out to our incredible chef, the goddess of goodies, the always popular, effervescent, and just lovable Chef Amanda Agidio. Yay! Well, thank for you. Chef Amanda. And let's not forget the most amazing Mr. Kevin co-host, who's been doing this for so long, yes. and who, who has just been, the, he's been giving you the theater of the mind. He is a man of passion and goodness and greatness, and I'm just so thrilled to be here with him every episode. And I broke 90 twice this week for the first time in 30 years. You did. But anyway, yes. but anyway. He's uh, talking about golf, not yes, weight. Yes, yes. No, no, <laughs> yeah. My left leg weighs more than 90 pounds. Anyway, my friends. God bless you all, your families, and especially during the holiday season of Labor Day. Just remember that this country was founded by people who worked very hard for all of their lives, whether they're here with us today or whether they're non-millennials and are working hard. We want to take time out to recognize them. We'll, of course, take a little break ourselves, and then we will be back with you in a couple of weeks. Also, we are going to be in Corbin, Kentucky. Come see us. Yes, come see us. Moonshine and In chicken. fact, when you go on the website, we will post where we're staying at the hotel and where you can come join us. So uh, you can come, come stalk us. us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about it. <laughs> anyway, but the force is going to be there, so we don't have to worry about it. Anyway, we hope you have a wonderful week, a very safe holiday. And we look forward to seeing you on the other side of Labor Day, baby. Chef and a Fat Man, signing out. Till you hear from us again at the end of the month, baby. Bye, everybody.